0: Well, I think of life as a journey, and I've titled my sermon today, Strength for the Journey, because life has all seasons, ups and downs, twists and turns, and we need strength to persevere and stay connected to life and not give up. There's some verses in Samuel I want to read and show us how much God understands what life is like for us. In 1 Samuel 14, verse 24 to 29, it says, Now the men of Israel were in distress that day because of King Saul. He had bound the people under an oath, saying, Cursed be any man who eats food before evening comes, before I've avenged myself on my enemies. So none of the troops tasted food. The entire army entered the woods, and there was honey on the ground. When they went into the woods, they saw the honey oozing out. Yet no one put his hand to his mouth, because they feared the oath. But Jonathan had not heard that his father had bound the people with an oath. So he reached out the end of his staff with his hand and dipped it in the honeycomb. He raised his hand to his mouth, and his eyes brightened. Then one of the soldiers told him, Your father bound the army under a strict oath, saying, Cursed be any man who eats food today. That is why the men are faint. Jonathan said, My father has made trouble for the country. See how my eyes brightened when I tasted a little bit of this honey? How much better it would have been if the men had eaten some of the plunder they took from their enemies. Would not the slaughter of the Philistines have been even greater? We are all in a battle for our inheritance in God, for our salvation, for the promises of eternal life, to fulfill the good works he's predestined us for, To be supernatural vocation. Fulfill our supernatural vocation. Just checking if you remembered a sermon from two (laughs) weeks ago. And influential global ministers. So we need... We're in a battle because it's pushing through to get that done. And what do we need to strengthen ourselves in the battle? If we take time to eat some honey... We will be strengthened. As Jonathan explains so well in those verses, we will accomplish more if we take time to eat the honey than if we keep pushing on regardless. The enemy of our souls is like King Saul. He wants to drive the army to keep going, don't give up, keep doing it, you know, um, don't stop and take a rest, don't eat the honey. Who was just driven by and focused on the problem, pursuing his enemies. But there was something missing. It sounds good. We can be focused on you know, getting the lost saved or lots of things, be really good things that we're focusing our whole life and everything on and never give up and keep going. But it sounds really good, but something can be missing, and that's the honey. And that's what I want to speak on this morning, the importance of taking time to eat the honey. To me, the honey is Jesus. It's my relationship with Jesus. That is where we get strength for the battle. That's where we get perspective on life. It's our source of living water. It's a source of abundant life. And eternal life. In Hebrews 12 verse 2 to 3. It says let us fix our eyes on Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy set before him. Endured the cross. Scorning its shame. And sat down at the right hand of the throne of the father. Consider him. Who endured such opposition from sinful men. So that you may not grow weary. And lose heart. We have a king who's looking after us. Staying close to Jesus, abiding him in him is where we gain strength and we catch his passion for souls, for our soul and other people's souls as we realise how much he loves us and motivates us to keep fighting. We're a lot more effective when we take time to connect with him so he can motivate, challenge and inspire us. We can't live of other people's faith. We must continually make time to work at our own faith, our own relationship with Jesus. You can be encouraged by other people's faith, but there's no substitute for your own relationship with him. Somebody else's faith won't give you eternal life. As we connect with Jesus through faith, we get the benefits of the honey. Who likes honey? You do feel better after you eat some if you're tired. Okay. God will feed us with quickened words. Words that are specifically for you. Remember, Jesus in the Word says He's the living word. That's the quickened word. That's Jesus. How do you eat it? You've got you hear a word from God, how do you eat it? You eat it by believing it in your heart. Because the Bible says in Romans 10.10, if you want to look it up at home, that if we believe in our hearts, it actually has power and it results in righteousness. And then if we go on and confess that with our mouth, it results in salvation. Those words have power. They have creative power. Those quickened words God gives us have creative power only if we believe them in our hearts and confess them with our mouth. You see, even demons believe and tremble. The key is believing in our heart. And you think, well, how do you believe in your heart? Can I believe in my heart? Yes, every person has the ability to believe in their heart. Don't try and work it out. You can do it. You have that ability. It's in you. Just do it. When you hear that word, the word of God, just choose to believe it. And as you do, you will be um, blessed and you will be fed by it. In Jude 24, it says, To him who is able to keep you from falling and present you before his glorious presence, without fault and with great joy, to the one, the only God, our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages and forevermore. He is who he says he is. He is able to save us. As we abide in Christ, he refocuses us to the reality of the battle that we're all in. He alone is the foundation stone. He, there is no other name by which we can be saved. He is the honey. You all going good? Yep. Excuse me a sec there. Right, another attribute of honey is that when we spend time with the Lord, he shows us where we might be actually losing strength. One of the areas is through worry and anxiety. There may be other areas, but when you spend that time, he will show you things in your life that are robbing you of your strength that you need for the battle and just for life's journey, full stop. If it is worry, for example, counteract it by reminding yourself of God's love. Believe that he cares for you so much that he even knows how many hairs are on your head. That is mind-blowing, that he knows, everyone in this room, how many hairs are on everyone's head. He's interested in the finest detail of your life. And as you meditate on that and you believe it in your heart... It does something. Your trust, your ability to believe that God cares grows. Encourage yourself that he notices even when a sparrow falls to the ground and that you're far more valuable than a sparrow. When you're sitting having your breakfast and looking out the window, meditate on those things. Build yourself up. Believe it in your heart. He's interested and involved in the finest details of our lives. Yesterday I was at Pack and Save supermarket and I came out. And sometimes God just gives you an ability to see people the way he does. And all these people were walking past and I just felt God's heart for them. And the sense that they were all so focused on their little world, on what they had to do and what they were doing. And weren't noticing anyone else around them. I'm smiling at people, but they're all busy, busy, busy. And I felt like God saying, oh... If only they believed, would receive the truth that I care about the minutest detail of their life, they wouldn't be so worried about life. They wouldn't be so focused on themselves. They could enjoy the abundant life I have for them if they only believe that I'm there and I care about everything. Our trust in God grows as we meditate on creation all around us. See, Jesus encourages us in the word to look at the lilies of the field. Next time you get your wife a bunch of flowers, hint, hint. (laughs) Guys, look at them first. (laughs) Study them first. (laughs) Look how God clothes them in splendor, Jesus said. Look at the amazing, intricate detail. And God can do that for a flower. Isn't he going to look after us? Aren't we more important? And I think of the lily, and I was thinking about that the other day, picturing in my mind this beautiful lily and the fragrance coming off it, and I think, now, the lily doesn't fret when it's just in a bud and think, oh, I've got to be a lily, oh, I've got to push through, oh, I've got to break out, I've got to give out some scent. No. It's created to do that, so it just does it. It doesn't fret. And for you guys that aren't into lilies... What about a cowrie tree? You can pretend to think of a cowrie tree and think, how does that cowrie tree think, oh, I've got to be a cowrie tree. Oh, I've got to grow. I've got to grow today. I've got to eat some, take up some nutrients. Mm." No. It's made to do that. So God has made it with that ability. He's put within us, those that are um, connected to him through relationship with Jesus, he's put in us his spirit. He has put in us the ability to do his will, to know his will, to walk in his will, to do what he has for us. We don't have to think, God, what's your will for me? No. It's in us. Then seed form. It's there. It's growing. It's, it's permeating our life. Relax. Don't waste our energy on those things. He is more concerned. He, he can do it. He can make a beautiful lily like that. He can make you help you walk and direct you and get you in the right place where he wants you. Relax. Let him do that. Don't worry about that. Put your energy into things that really matter. As we connect with him, we get his perspective on our lives. Corrie Ten Boom was a Dutch Christian. Who, along with her father and other family members, helped many Jews escape the Nazi Holocaust in World War II? She was imprisoned for her actions, and after her release, she went around the world telling people about God's love and what she'd learned during those years in the concentration camp. She's well known for her book, The Hiding Place, which was made into a movie. I don't know if any of you have ever seen that movie. Yep, The Hiding Place. Well worth. If anyone wants to borrow it, I've got it. Well worth watching. Once she was speaking at a meeting, and she slowly, as she spoke, she slowly unfolded a purple cloth in her hands, which revealed hundreds of strings tied in knots and pulled through the cloth, and it looked totally random. She showed the children the strings. They were sitting at her feet, and she said it didn't seem to make sense to them. That's the whole point, she exclaimed. She said it was because of our limited vision, our limited perspective of what God is doing in our lives, that we question him, because we only see the underside. She turned it over, and there was a beautiful tapestry of a golden crown with multicolored jewels. This, she says, is what God sees. This is his plan this is his perspective, and this is what he's doing, creating a masterpiece in each of our lives. When we read God's word, we also get his perspective. So keep in his word, because it helps keep God's perspective on your life and on life full stop. I would have a quick look at Jacob's life. You can read about his life in the book of Genesis. Basically, he tricked his older brother Esau out of his birthright by deceiving his father into thinking that he was Esau. And then he had to flee the country because Esau wanted to kill him. He went to his uncle Laban's and there he fell in love with Laban's daughter, Rachel. Now Jacob worked for Laban seven years so he could marry Rachel. Now that is commitment. (laughs) But Laban tricked him by giving him her older sister Leah on the wedding night. And when Jacob confronted Laban, he said, Well, you can marry Rachel next week if you'll work for me another seven years. Now, when we read that story, we have the ability to see the top of the tapestry from God's perspective and the overview of Jacob's life. But poor Jacob, he sees the underside That's what it looks like to him. He's in a mess. But the Bible says it was his love for Rachel that kept him going. He found some honey and he drew strength from this. The Bible tells us that the seven years that he worked for Rachel seemed like just a few days. That's love. I think that's pretty cool. (laughs) What is it that gives you the strength to keep going? For me, the thing that keeps me going through the hard times and gives me strength in the battles is that I've tasted God's love. And I've found something worth giving my life to. His love satisfies my soul like nothing else. When you fall in love with God and live in the fruits of his spirit, you live out of a supernatural Strength. And when we move away from his presence and lose his peace and strength, we become ineffective in the battle. And God says it's not by might, not by power, it's by his spirit in us. We're born of his spirit when we believe in Jesus. It's that simple. Jesus has paid the price. I love the way God fine-tunes us also. He's always working at fine-tuning it. So if you take the time to sit and eat some honey, he will do it. He will fine-tune you. He will show you things in your life that need to be worked at just so that you have more strength for the battle and more energy for life. Several weeks ago, an example of that would be I had a dream. And in the dream, I was praying with a whole lot of other Christians, and we were in a bunker because outside was so evil. And we were in this bunker praying. Interesting, that's a bit like our life now. The world's getting more and more evil. And so people are wanting to find a safe place. And in this bunker, we were all praying and worshipping God. And I was just full on, you know, lifting up Jesus, praising Jesus with all my heart. And as I was doing it, I noticed one arm was right up, but this right arm was stuck like this in the dream. And so I get this arm and I'm pushing it up, pushing it up, pushing it up till I get it straight and then I keep worshipping. And As I woke up, the scripture was on my mind. 1 Timothy 2 verse 8, it says, I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without wrath and without doubting. And I knew God wanted me to work on an area and that was the area of faith which was an area where that's why he showed me in the dream the arm was buckled. And so I've got to believe in my heart what his word says. I've got to believe he is who he says he is and get that arm straight so I'm effective in battle and in life. You see, they rob your strength if either of those are out of balance. If we've got a lot of anger, it robs us of strength. If any of you struggle with anger, and I know I have at times, and I think I've spoken on that before, read Psalm 37. It encourages you not to fret because of evil doers. And it's written by King David. He knew about a lot of enemies and evil people annoying him and frustrating him and chasing him. So read that, Psalm 37. The other one is James 1 verse 20. It says that the wrath of man doesn't work the righteousness of God. So when you pray, make sure you've let go of the anger, the frustration, the, those things in your life. Make sure you've got that arm up high in God. And then faith. He is who he says he is. Jesus, you are who you said you are. You are able to save me. When you're frustrated with your own failings, you are able to save me. You are able to present me faultless. Don't focus on your failings. Focus on him. He's the one that's saving you. He's the one that can save you. Get your faith right up there in prayer. You see, the Lord shakes what can be shaken in our lives. So what's of him remains? When you sign up, when you say, yes, Jesus, you're in my life, okay, that gives him permission to say, right, I want the things of eternal value to be the most important things in your life and I'm going to help you let go of those things that don't matter and I'll get you to hold on to what really does matter. See, so he cares more about our salvation than we do. Phew. Takes the striving out of it, doesn't it? And instead, there should be a trust. Lord, you're able to save me. You know my failings. Look Look at Jacob. You know my failings. You know the things I struggle with. You know the secret places in my heart. But he is able to save me and present me faultless before the Father. That's our focus. That's our focus. He cares more about your salvation than you do. He is so passionate and has given everything and is giving everything to see you presented before the Father without spot or wrinkle. That's cool. Yes? Something worth... Yeah, I oh, an amen in the front row here. i got my support team this morning. <laughs> Great. Hebrews 12, verse 26 to 29, at that same time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken will remain. Therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. He can do it. He can do it. For our God is a consuming fire. Look at Jacob. He arranged that, um, put, put him with Laban, who was just as much a trickster as he was, if not worse. God was working out that flaw in his character. God knew how to get him there. Put a woman there that he loved so much, he could take 14 years' work together. And in that process, God worked out those character flaws in Jacob. He can do it in us, He can do it in you. In Psalm 23, King David understands so well that we are safe in God's hands, that he can save us. Most of you will know Psalm 23, that last verse is that he promises goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever if we allow Jesus to be our shepherd. It's his goodness that brings us to repentance, the change in direction, that ability to change direction and behavior, just as he did for Jacob. We make him our shepherd, make him our focus. Eat that honey, have that relationship with him. We will; he will get us there. You see, years later, let's go back to Jacob. Years later, he heads back to his homeland with his wives, his children, and all his animals and servants. And then he hears that Jacob's coming. Sorry, Esau is coming to meet him, with four hundred warriors. So that's got him a bit scared. Fearing for his life and his family, Jacob goes alone that night before he meets Esau and seeks God. He doesn't attempt to face the enemy in his own strength, he goes and gets some honey. He takes the time to get, eat some honey. He pours his heart out to God and ends up wrestling with an angel. And he refuses to let go that angel until he blesses him. And God responds by blessing Jacob and changing his name from Jacob, which means trickster, to Israel. Is that right, Don? Prince with God. Well, that's a big difference. But remember, it happened then of the blessing, but it had been happening over all those 20 probably years that he was with Laban working for him. Now everyday mundane life, God is working in your life. And to most people on the outside, you'll, our lives look pretty ordinary. But God is working in our lives, changing us from the inside out. I often think of the chrysalis. You look at that, the um, caterpillar's gone to a chrysalis, looks like nothing's happening. Except very slowly, the monarch one goes black. But there's an awful lot happening an awful lot happening in those, that time that that is changing from a, a caterpillar to a butterfly. Same with us. If we're staying and eating that honey every day, just having a routine, quiet times with the Lord, you'll be changing from the inside out. So even Jesus drew strength from the honey, from the Father. The Bible says that he drew strength from the joy that was set before him to go to that cross. I mean, you think, often think, Lord, how did you do that? How did you stay on that cross? Why did you do it? And the Bible says there was a joy set before him, and that, that joy was our salvation. That's what kept him on the cross. And we must keep our focus, too, just like Jesus must have. We must keep that focus of the reality every day in our ordinary, everyday life that looks very much the same. The reality is that I have an eternal soul. You have an eternal soul. Everyone around you has an eternal soul. That's the thing we've got to keep focusing on and helping people find Jesus and find eternal life in him. You see, even Jesus was challenged to slacken off and lighten off, lighten up. Because, you know, that focus I'm saying we should have. You'll always be tempted by others and by just life to lose that edge, that reality, and lighten up and slacken off and think, oh, doesn't really matter, you know. No. See, even Jesus, if he hadn't kept that focus of this joy of the soul's, he could have got sidetracked and we wouldn't have that gift of eternal life. Remember that time when Peter says to him, to Jesus, when Jesus told the disciples, I'm going to um, suffer and I'm going to die. And Peter said, Oh, no, you know, don't be stupid. You're not doing that. No, no, that's not right. And Jesus turns to him and said, Get behind me, Satan. He knew that that was God's plan, that he suffer. And that what Peter was saying was trying to weaken it, stop him doing it. You're always going to be confronted like that by that. So keep the focus. Stay connected to Jesus. You see, he's already fought this battle and stayed focused and finished. And finished well and got us the gift of eternal life. Keep connected to him, he'll keep you on track. Keep eating that honey, staying close to him. If the musicians could come, that would be great. You see, God will always feed us with his quickened word, that honey for us, for what our need is, and give us strength for our journey. The other day I was speaking with a woman, and we were chatting away, as us ladies do. We can sit and tell each other our stories, And as we talked, she shared about her husband. Now her husband had been in full-time care with dementia and Parkinson's. And one day he had had, an accident and had a brain bleed, a serious brain bleed. That day, and she'd been up up there with him. She came home very late that night and she was just sitting on the bed coming to terms with the day's events. I mean, it's huge. And just processing what had happened that day to her and her husband. And as she was doing that, she found herself, like she was really in this place, was a, a really a huge, expansive place. And there were no walls, just no horizon, it just went forever. And all these people were all dressed in party clothes. And they were preparing tables, getting ready. For something, and she spoke to one of them and she said, What's happening? What are you doing? And they said to her, We're getting ready for a party. And she said, Well, what for? And they answered, Len is coming home. And five days later, her husband, Len, went to be with the Lord. He's able to keep us and present us faultless before the Father with exceeding joy. One last scripture is in 1 Peter 1, to 8-9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the goal of your faith the salvation of your soul I'd really like if everyone could stand please And if the ministry team could come up the um, front too. Just firstly, I want to ask if, any, if anyone here has never given your life to Jesus, never believed in your heart that he is who he says he is, never got to know him as your personal saviour and the lover of your soul. If anyone's here this morning and would... Um, like to meet Jesus really encourage you just as people with heads bowed if you take the time the people just to shut your eyes and bow your heads but if anyone here would like to meet Jesus if you just give me a wave just so I can see there's anyone here A minute, we're going to sing a song, the last song we were singing about commissioning our soul and opening the heaven heavens. But before we do, I just want to take a moment for each one of us just quietly to examine our hearts and just think, Lord, is there any anger? Is there any wrath in my heart that's robbing me? is there any unforgiveness in my heart that is robbing me if there is if the Holy Spirit is showing you yes let it go you have the ability to forgive just like you have the ability to believe in your heart You have that ability, let it go you can forgive and I believe that as you do like a monkey on your back it's going to drop off and the other hand that we talked about was faith, no doubting and that really is a choice Because God's put in you the ability to believe with your heart. And so right now, it's your choice. Are you going to believe with all of your heart that he is who he said he is? That he loves you. That he cares for you. That he's the lover of your soul. That he is able to save you and present you faultless before the Father that if you seek his kingdom, he will look after everything else. You don't have to worry. That's a choice. And you do have the ability to do it. I'm just going to pray. Father, Father, I thank you for your word I thank you for the living word your son we just want to thank you for Jesus father this morning we want to thank you that you are who you said you are Jesus we want to thank you that you are the lover of our souls you are the king of kings it's when we spend time with you that we get strength it's when we allow you to speak to us and we respond to it, that we're changed and we have more abundant life, we have more grace, we have more strength and that's what you want to give us, that abundant life and we thank you for that, Jesus. We ask you to take this word in our hearts this week and make it real to us. Help us put it into practice. Help us be doers of your word, Jesus. In your precious name. Amen. I'm going to Get the musicians, but I want us to sing as a part of rather than everyone coming through the altar call, but a part of us confessing and a part of us connecting with God now is that last song. We're going to be singing the commission. But if after this song, if you would like someone to pray with you, if there's any area of need that you have, we have a ministry team up here that are more than willing to come and pray with you. So please come up. Right.